even with that defense being great, at some point they're going to get in the shootout. He's a great coordinator, not a great head coach. I think there's one thing we're all saying for a fact. I'm your host, Patrick Cipher, also known as No Huddle NFL on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. That is No Huddle NFL with no capitals and no spaces. Also available on Twitter at No Huddle NFL with an underscore at the end. That is again at No Huddle NFL, no capitals and no spaces with an underscore at the end. Thank you all for listening to this one. This is going to be the last regular season prediction episode of, well, this NFL season. 2024 second episode super excited to get into it i have rob with me today how are you doing how's the new year going for you oh new year's going great you know new year's eve uh was wonderful was at that ravens game 56 points loved it and uh you know so it was a great way to start the, uh to end 2023 and to then go into 2024 yeah and that's great to hear and what makes that so much better is we're gonna be out here with the podcast not just are we going to be covering more football but we're going to be covering some playoff football coming up and i know you're excited not just because playoff football is always great but because right now the ravens are looking like an unbeatable force and you being a ravens fan i mean this is the first time we're talking to you since they've been pretty much the consensus number one team in the league so how are you feeling right now i imagine you're on top of the world I'm feeling pretty good. I'm honestly feeling I feel better about this team than I than I did about the 2019 team, which is kind of crazy to say is that 2019 team was historic, but we've seen this current team beat teams in any way shape or form this season, whether it's be whether it's special teams, defense or offense. It's it's basically a pick your poison kind of setup and that's what makes them more exciting this year than I think in 2019 where 2019 was we're running the ball down your throat. We're playing efficient football and, you know, try to stop Lamar Jackson. Now it's like a team effort instead of stopping one player. Yeah, exactly. It's that defense. I mean, me and you were talking earlier before we started this recording. That defense is playing historically great. Like, it is a amazing unit. It's going to wreak havoc in the playoffs. And there's a lot to be said about their ability to not just beat teams, but they are beating teams that are above 500 consistently and beating them convincingly. It's really impressive. It's really difficult to do that. And that normally shows how successful a team is going to be in the playoffs. You know, Because when you're winning against playoff caliber teams in the regular season, that means that you're ready to play them in the postseason. So that's going to be really, really fun to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, just that final stretch, like, you know, the Rams, 49ers, like, I mean, I mean, the Dolphins, too. I mean, yeah, everyone jokes on them where it's like, yeah, they can't beat winning teams. They're still an extremely talented team. Like, there's always a chance. So, like, just going on that final, like, end of the season gauntlet and coming out on top, it was, like, huge in terms of, like, confidence building for the team and for the fans and also just... I mean, you got the number one seed, so that was the goal. Yeah, and like you said, they locked up that number one seed, so now they're going into this week, and they don't really have much to play for, at least on paper. But obviously, you as a Ravens fan know more than anyone how important this rivalry between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens is. How important do you think it is for them as a locker room to go out there and win this game, even with Tyler Huntley? 
taken snaps? And do you expect them to go out and win this football game? Um, I think it'd be great for the locker room just to kind of be like, all right, look, we have the depth. We have all these guys together as a unit collectively um, to just go out and beat a team that that has playoff aspirations because the Steelers are still right on that cusp. Um, I do think also, um, I mean, they lost to the Steelers earlier in the year just due to a lot of bad mental lapses in football. Um especially just dropping the ball. It was a so, lot of drops, yes. Oh, yeah. And um, so I think they're going to go into this week be like, all right, like, we know we can beat this team. And that's like, that is their one and only goal. Um, Even though they don't have to. Like, the game's re- genuinely not that important. But just as like a matter of like asserting the fact that, yeah, you are still the better team and we're not even playing all our main, like a bunch of our main guys. Um, Also, to be fair, in 2019... The Ravens played their backups, and the backups still beat the Steelers as well in 2019 in the final game of the season. So it's happened before. The Steelers could also lose to the Ravens' backups once again. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're expecting to happen here? If you were to predict how this game is going to play out, what would you say? Um, Yeah, no, I'm I'm expecting expecting the Ravens to win. Um, I just don't think it's going to be as dominant as it was in 2019. Because I think 2019, they put up like... 28 points or something like that just because they just kept running the ball down their throats um i don't expect it to be a crazy scoring game at all but i mean as long as they win that's all yeah i mean me and you are on the same page here right i also expect the ravens to win this football game even with tyler huntley taking snaps it's gonna be a low scoring game there is no doubt about that but the fact is Mason Rudolph scoring much against this Ravens defense with McDonald calling the plays. Even if Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Matt Abuike, all those guys aren't out there, Kyle Hamilton's not out there. I still think that the Steelers are going to have trouble dealing with the defensive unit because this is a deep team defensively. They are. They have guys like Van Noy that are going to come off the bench. They have guys like, you know, Clowney that come off the bench and still play really well. Those guys are going to take more reps than we're used to seeing from them. Can they operate at maximum efficiency while taking, you know, a large volume of snaps? I don't know, but I'm not too worried about it. At least I've seen these guys. I've seen them perform and I've also seen Mason Rudolph, who, in all fairness, has looked good this year, but he still is Mason Rudolph, right? And he performed well against bad defenses. Now he's going to be facing a really good defense. Even though backups are going to be in, it's still a very advanced defensive scheme. They're going to give Rudolph a lot of problems. I'm expecting the Ravens to win this game. It's going to be a low-scoring affair, but the defense is going to get it done. Yeah. I mean, again, and if they lose, oh, well. Yeah, take uh learn learn some lessons from it and just prepare for the divisional. Yeah, the the Ravens don't have anything to lose in this game. They don't have anything to win in this game is what it is, but I think this locker room truly does see this as another Steelers Ravens matchup even considering the circumstances. And I imagine the Steelers see it that same way because they have a lot to lose in this one. Okay. Mhm. So Let's move on to the next Saturday game, the Texans at Colts. Another division rivalry game. This one, both teams, 
have a strong desire to win. There's not going to be any punches being held back in this one. Really, really tough game on both sides. I'm taking Houston here. I am. These are two rookie head coaches going toe-to-toe. And the game is in Indianapolis, but C.J. Stroud being the game-breaker that he is, I'm willing to take the Texans here. What do you think, Rob? Look, not to, not to sound boring, but I'm, I'm probably going to take the same thing. Um, I mean, C.J. Stroud, yeah, literally, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. He is the difference maker. Um, and we've seen how he's played all year. And, I mean, even as a rookie, it's just in, incredible what he's been doing. So, yeah, I mean, Shane Steichen and those Colts, it's not like they're a bad team at all, and it is a divisional game, so it's probably going to be a lot closer than we want to admit, um, or at least than, like, probably Texans or Colts fans want to admit. But, um, yeah, I think if C.J. Stroud stays healthy that whole game and doesn't get knocked out again, like with a concussion or what have you, it's it's their game to lose. And I think, yeah, I think they also want to assert some dominance. And, you know, they're fighting for the AFC South right now because it's like them, the Colts, and the Jags, I believe, still. Yeah. Yeah, so. it is It is a very tight division. All the teams are pretty much in it except for the Titans. They're, they're really fighting. Every team has to fight. That's why this matchup is so important. That's why I'm glad that they have their own time slot on Saturday night. Should be a really important game for the formation of this play of these playoffs because not only will it decide which of these teams makes the playoffs it's gonna decide which team has a home field advantage in a wild card game that's the thing they're fighting for a playoff spot that isn't just like a wild card game it's gonna be a wild card game that they're playing at home okay this is a really really big deal gonna be a tough game on both sides Shane Steichen is gonna pull something out but I just look at it in order for the Colts to win, they have to have the perfect game plan because that's how they've been winning all year. They are a very coaching-dependent team, and it sounds weird to say that, but they struggle to rely on the talent if they have to. The Texans have the ability to lean on an independent guy, and that guy is CJ Stroud. They have the ability to lean on the pass rush with Grenard and Will Anderson. Okay, they have the ability to lean on some of these guys. The Colts, I really don't feel that same way. Yeah, like, that's why a lot of people, that's why, like, the MVP has become more of a quarterback award than anything else because the quarterback, more often than not, is the most important position in helping you win or lose a game. Again, not saying that QB wins are a stat, in my personal opinion, but it's still one of, if not the most important position in football. So if you're going based off of that, C.J. Stroud blows Gardner Minshew out of the water. And like you said, the Texans can kind of lean on their talent more and they can lean on their coaching a little bit more than the Colts and Shane Steichen. Yeah, and that that's exactly what this is going to come down to. Shane Steichen can't rely on Gardner Minshew to the extent the Texans can on C.J. Stroud. Let's move on to yet another division rivalry game. The Falcons are playing as the Saints in New Orleans. Another game with a lot of playoff implications. What do you think is going to happen here? Once again, should be a tough game on both sides. You know, both of these head coaches are fighting for their job. Okay, so there's implications here beyond just playoffs because these franchises might be changed for better or for worse 
win or lose. Okay, there's a lot to unpack with this one in terms of the implications. But overall, with the game, it's one where I feel like it could really go any different way. Who do you think's gonna win? Um. Well, I am strongly anti Arthur Smith, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Saints on this one. Um, pure bias. I just I just strongly dislike Arthur Smith, so I'm gonna I'm just betting against him. Hoping that this that he will just be fired after the game, um, but this is this is one of those games where I feel like a lot of people are expecting the Saints to win, and because of that, they're going to lose because Derek Carr is going to do something dumb because he does that sometimes. <clears throat> um, so this is probably I want to say this or the Jets and Patriots game is going to be like the ugliest game of the week. Um. But I'm, I'm still going to take the Saints. Um, I also think the Saints are still more talented defensively. Um, not by much, but still talented defensively, and that's probably what's going to win them the game. Um, also depends if Taylor Heineke or Desmond Ritter plays. Cause I, last I saw, Heineke has like a lingering kind of injury deal. Um, so they might end up starting Desmond Ritter. Which we, we know how that plays out for the Falcons. Yeah. Listen, the Saints have the momentum. Okay, the Saints are coming off a win against a division rival the uh yeah yeah did not expect that to happen though. yeah right and then the falcons are coming off a loss a pretty humiliating loss by such a large margin against the chicago bears so it, it does make you wonder how much of a role is that gonna play i'm gonna pick the falcons here i like that defense a lot more than you do clearly I think Jesse Bates, we saw him get the better of Derek Carr before. I think we're going to see it again. I think they have some nice pieces on that defensive unit. And the Saints don't have the ability to make plays that much. They, they really don't. Derek Carr, as a quarterback, has been very conservative. He hasn't exactly been throwing it too deep. And when he does, he hasn't exactly hit on many of those. The Falcons have playmakers. Is Arthur Smith going to rely on them? I don't know, but I like to imagine with his job on the line, he might throw the ball to one of his three top ten draft picks. Maybe. If he doesn't, that's completely on him, and he deserves to get fired. If he does, he probably still deserves to get fired, but at least he saved his job for another day. This game could result in one of these teams going to the playoffs. That's why it is so important on both sides. But beyond that, the head coaching changes might get kick-started for either of these teams, whoever the loser is, because they lost this game, because they missed the playoffs. How do you think this might impact either Arthur Smith's job security or Dennis Allen's job security? Or do you think it will impact those? Um. Oh, God. I, I don't think it's going to impact it as much as Saints and Falcons fans would like. It to impact them just because the last I heard reported on Arthur Smith, he was he's expected to be back next year regardless of how the season ends. Dennis Allen, I'm more more hit or miss on, so I would say this is probably more important for him and his job than Arthur Smith's job. But um, implication wise, maybe if the Saints lose this game, the front office would be like, "Hmm, we've kicked the the cap space can down the road." long enough maybe we should bite the bullet and try to start fresh um you would think the right? falcons you, you, would think. you would think 
Um, but if the Falcons if the Falcons win and Arthur Smith keeps his job, I'm still having the lowest of low expectations for them going into the next season until he's gone. Because there's nothing that he's done to show that he's like a comp he's competent at his job with the amount of talent that he has um on that roster to do anything worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Well, and well, I, does, I just strongly dislike him too. He designs <laughs> some nice plays, but who cares if you're throwing the ball to John o. Smith more than you're throwing it to Kyle Pitts, right? I mean, yeah. I I think he's a better OC than he is a head coach. He hasn't yep. been great. I say both of these guys need to get out of town. Uh, but Dennis Allen, I guess, has been more bearable. They look really uninspired, but I mean, at least they don't look awful. At least they don't look dysfunctional. So I guess that's yeah. fine. But I would say bearable is probably the perfect term yeah. to use for that entire Saints team, not just Dennis Allen. Fair, fair. Anyway, let's move on to once again a division rivalry game: the Browns at Bengals. Bengals are, you know, they they don't have much to play for. The Browns don't either. So, you know, the Browns decided to bench Joe Flacco here. The Bengals just want to show the fans something. There's not really any implications from this game. What do you think is going to happen here? Again, I know it doesn't matter much, but I, I do want to, you know, try and predict every game. So let's just throw a reaction Throw a prediction really quick out for this one. Um, let's see. So it was it Browns and Bengals? Um, <clears throat> Bengals don't really have anything to play for because they're not making the playoffs. But I do know that they would love to just you know end the Browns. They would like to be the team to like upset the Browns and be like, oh, haha, you're going into the playoffs on a loss. Um, but the Browns are just a significantly better coach team. Um. As we've seen this entire season, I mean, they've overcome so much anyway. Um, so I'm I'm gonna pick the Browns to still to win, um, just off the she- just she- sheerly off of coaching. Um, Stefanski's probably gonna be coach of the year. Um, even though if I don't agree that he's gonna be co- that he should be coach of the year, he probably will be. And I mean, there's still a pretty there's still a really solid defense. Regard like regardless of injuries, they're offensive line has been pretty solid considering the injuries they've had. I mean, as if if Jeff Driscoll doesn't turn the ball over, they're pretty much they like they're set. That's that's all they really need to do is just make sure he doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. And they should they should come out with a win. Listen, it's Bengals O-line versus Browns D-line. I I think that's about all you need to hear. The Browns should win this one. They should win it handily even with Jeff Driscoll playing quarterback i have confidence that the browns will win this one maybe the Bengals do win it just to you know end the season on the right note but uh, i'm taking cleveland and i feel very confident doing it now let's move on to the jaguars at titans game is in tennessee titans would love to play spoiler here mike vrabel prides himself this team prides itself on playing spoiler winning games even when it doesn't matter how do you feel? Do you think the Titans kind of be the pain in the Jaguars' rear end here and kind of end their playoff hopes, or what do you expect? I do. I do, actually. I think I think the Titans do play spoiler, and they do beat the Jags. Um, 
I th- the Jags have just been so underwhelming this year, and I think it not that it would be poetic that their season would end underwhelmingly in an upset, but I just think that out of all the teams in the AFC that are like possible playoff contenders and playoff like hopefuls, they are just one of the weaker ones at this point. I mean, their defense, we expected them to be a lot better. They're not. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence has been getting a lot of uh, Carson Wentz-esque comparisons lately, um, at least from, like, circles that I've been in, um, in terms of just, like, the amount of talent that people were saying that he has and then it's not translating as much well, as that we expected. And the, the decision-making, the obsession with Hero Ball is very Carson Wentz-esque. I, I do like that comparison. I actually haven't heard it, but I completely understand where they're coming from. Exactly, and it's like... It's it's one of those where, like, if the Titans can get Lawrence to do that at least once or twice and manage a turnover or something, that's probably all they're going to need to win. Um, and, yeah, I just think, you know, they're just going to force-feed Derrick Henry as they do and just make sure they don't force-feed him towards Josh Allen. And then you're, and, and there, there's your game plan right there. Plus, Will Levis has had his moments, so I feel like this is one of those games where Will Levis might just, like, kind of go off because why not? This game will really come down to what Jaguars defense are we seeing. And it feels like every Jaguars game has came down to that. It's tough. The Jaguars have been a very tough team to pick all year. I really like to think they, you know, corrected the ship enough in that last game against the Panthers to at least beat the Titans this week. Again, I could be wrong. I could definitely see them playing spoiler here. But I am going to take the Jaguars just out of optimism more than anything. Because, yeah, I could throw some reasoning at you. But the fact is, we don't know what to expect. With T-Law potentially coming back in this game, it does look a lot like he's going to play in this one. With him coming back, this Titans defense can really come out and look awful. Or it can come out and force turnovers repeatedly. We have no idea. These are two very unpredictable teams. So I'm not going to try and throw some, you know, analysis at you of the situation and how this team wins games and how this team loses games because the fact, even though it is the last week of the regular season, I cannot act like I know that much about either of these teams. I I really can't. Will Levis makes plays until he doesn't, right? Trevor Lawrence makes plays until he doesn't. The one... Thing I know I can rely on is ETN is going to play well. He is. And I think that comforts me enough to say that the Jaguars are going to win this game. That and the pass rush. I do like the two edge rushers that the Jaguars have. Again, I don't like that defense too much, but I do think Walker and Josh Allen are really good at getting to the quarterback. Could cause Levis a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I can't really can't really argue too much about that because I mean, again, both teams. I mean, the the Titans have been noticeably like a worse team, um, but I still think they're they've both been consistently inconsistent. So anything goes, but yeah, I mean, if the Jags pass rush kind of shows up to play and the defense shows up, like you said, I mean, there's no way that they can't win. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm taking the Titans in the upset. I also th- I just think you know Mike Vrabel 
you will just kind of foam at the mouth at the chance of playing spoiler and knocking them out of the playoffs. Especially after that interview, that like uh one of his press conferences that he had, where he was like, like just literally just saying, "I don't care what the record is, like we're going to win." Like they could be one in fi- like one in fifteen going into the final game of the season. He's still going to try and win and get them to two to fifteen. And that's what that Titans team is. That's what they've been under Vrabel. That's why people like him. It it gives you a lot of like Tomlin vibes. It does yeah. the way they pride themselves on certain things. For them, it's about more than just making the playoffs. It's about the culture, and that culture feeds off of winning. Whether that's like you said, winning despite everyone not liking them, despite everyone thinking that they're not going to do well, or winning with the expectation to win. They just feed off of victory. They don't care what the media says. They don't care what the stakes are. They just want to win. And they want to win against division rivals like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm -hmm. So I completely understand where you're coming from. It's a tough game to pick. I 100% understand why you would, why anyone else would pick the Titans on that one. Let's move over to the Vikings at Lions, though. This is a game I think can be a really, really interesting watch. The Lions are fighting for seeding, and the Vikings are at such a tough spot in terms of quarterback play that I don't think they'll be able to win in a game that should potentially be a shootout. I'm going to pick Detroit, but I feel like this is one where I could see an upset. Again, the Vikings would just be playing spoiler. They are pretty much knocked out. I'm pretty sure they have like a 7% chance of making it or something along those lines. What do you think? How, how do you think this game's going to play out? Yeah, I mean, so I understand the upset because, I mean, Flores being the D.C. could just cause problems for Jared Goff. Yeah, I um, could similar see that. To, yeah. Similar to what the Cowboys were doing to them last week. Um, I mean, I'll, I'm also going to take Detroit to win, but I'm just going to take them to win just based on the vibes of they're super, super pissed off about the last game and how that ended. Mm. And... um they're they're looking to take that anger out on somebody <clears throat> and that somebody just happens to be a division opponent who wouldn't do nothing more than relish the fact that they could like mess up their seating and i think ben johnson and dan campbell and all those guys are gonna be like no 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 no, no. We're, we're not gonna let that happen and then jared golf jared golf's gonna be the deciding factor of this entire yes. game Yes. Like, because no golf, qu- no golf could definitely be completely fooled by some of the looks that he sees from that Vikings defense, like you put it perfectly. Brian Flores is going to be the defensive coordinator. He shows some advanced stuff. Golf, when he gets fooled, bad things happen. But the one thing I think the Lions do really well that kind of really helps Golf, and they do a lot of things well to help Golf, but. One thing specifically is how Ben Johnson schemes up ways to protect his quarterback, schemes up ways to make sure he has like a safety valve. No matter what coverage he sees, he'll still be able to take a two-yard pass, and then maybe a play happens after the catch. And that gives me a lot of confidence that even if Goff has a bad game, it won't exactly be devastating to them. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's definitely... um. I mean, that was, that was well put. Yeah, he o- o- almost always will have a safety valve. Plus, I mean, Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs both, I think they total 
like between both of them, it's like fifteen, sixteen hundred yards, like rushing. Like it is insane. So I mean, if 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 they get Montgomery going, I mean that just kind of takes more stress or more pressure off of Jared Goff. Or if they get Jameer Gibbs going on either rushing or through the passing game, that again takes pressure off of Goff, which would then kind of prevent those advanced looks from like messing him up because they're gonna have to change their game plan. Yeah, I completely get where you're coming from. I'm taking Detroit, you're taking Detroit. Let's move on to yet another game that's going to have an extremely minimal impact on the playoff seating. And by that, I mean it won't have any. The Jets are playing against the Patriots in New England. Probably going to be Belichick's last game as a Patriot. Do you think the Jets are going to send him off with a now? No, he he is the the father of the Jets. I I don't think Belichick's going to want to go out on a loss to the Jets. I do think story storyline wise it'd be hilarious just because he he like obviously, you know, refu- he uh, resigned from the Jets after like 3 days and then it's like the Jets are that same team that got him fired from the Patriots who he took the job for away from the Jets all this stuff. Um so it would be like I like it would be very ironic, um, but I don't I don't think he's going to allow that to happen. It it is at the end of the day, it is Bill Belichick. That's exactly how I feel. I think there is no way Belichick ends his career as a New England Patriot. He's going to be a head coach somewhere else. I'm not concerned about that. But there's no way he's going to end his New England Patriot career, not only giving them a better draft pick by losing, but just losing. Period. To the Jets? Yeah, no. He doesn't want to benefit this team by losing the game. And he also doesn't want to lose to the Jets. That's embarrassing. He's trying to chase that all-time win record. This is just another feather to add to his extremely large cap. Another step towards that all-time win record. Why wouldn't he take it? That and, of course, he just doesn't want that type of send-off from this franchise. Of course not. Of course not. So... Again, I don't want to talk about that game too long. Let's talk about the Buccaneers at Panthers. I would feel very, very confident about this one, but the Buccaneers just lost to the Saints last week. Are they going to take another step down by losing to the Panthers this week, or do you think they're going to bounce back against a very weak opponent? Um, <clears throat> I think they'll bounce back, but it's not going to be like a massive one. I do, th- I do admit the Panthers' defense is low-key kind of nice i didn't realize how decent they actually were and it's just the offense that has been so bad Mm -hmm. um at least like statistically like epa and all that fun stuff they're kind of like they're actually pretty solid um defensively so i think it's gonna be um i still i'm still taking the bucks but i do think it's gonna be uh an interestingly mid game where there might be a couple flashes, but like overall the game is just gonna be like really, like boring. Um, maybe, maybe like twenty points scored by one of the teams, um, aka the Bucks, because I think they're gonna win. Um, but yeah, it's just gonna be it's just be boring for a game that does have playoff implications. I just feel like th- this one just lacks a lot of excitement that some of the other ones have. And it sucks because the Buccaneers have been such an exciting team to watch this year. 
But yeah, after they lost to the Saints like that, it does take a lot of wind out of their sails. It does. Now, I'm hoping for a bounce back because I think this would be a really fun team to watch in playoffs if they are playing good ball. Oh my god, Baker Mayfield in the playoffs? Yeah. Like that'd be that would be very exciting to watch. Him, Mike Evans, Rashad White has been having a hell of a year. Uh-huh. But it's a question of will they bounce back? I'm not exactly sure. Last week, Rashad White was completely taken out of the game, and Mike Evans had some big plays, but he only had three catches. J.C. Horn is a really good cornerback. Like you said, the Panthers' defense has pieces. The upset is definitely possible. If Bryce Young's going to have another good game, it's definitely possible. I don't think he will, though. He only had one good game all year. I'm not going to expect another one. I think the Buccaneers are going to win this one. I hope they win it handedly, but it could be a little bit close just because, you know, Mike Evans might get taken out of the game. Not in a literal sense, I hope. I just mean, like, metaphorically. <laughs> I, I hope oh, because yeah. I, I like Mike Evans, and it's been really – I've been really happy he hasn't been hurt this season. And I'm knocking on wood right now because I don't want to have jinx that. But, yeah, really fun player to watch. I think J.C. Horn is going to lock him up, though, sadly. Uh, then you yeah. got Rashad I will say that I think poetically um, it'd be great. Not poetically, but I think it'd be very great if Antoine Winfield is the reason that they win the game. Um, just because he, he got snubbed in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, why is this man not a Pro Bowler? At minimum. Yeah, and, um, he, and he should be. And he should be. They have yeah, every right yeah. to be complaining about it. Antoine Winfield had a great season. Uh, he's going to make his plays too. Don't don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping the Bucks win this game. I, I really am. If they get knocked out, I'm going to be really upset because no one wants to see the Saints or Falcons in the playoffs. So, yeah, no. So, yeah, we're both picking the Bucks. We both think it's going to be a little bit too close for comfort, but we're hoping that that's not the case. Now, let's talk about a historic rivalry between the Bears at Packers, Bears and Packers, in Green Bay, Lambeau Field. This one, I think, should be really fun. Really fun. The Bears don't have much to win, but I'm telling you right now, after what Aaron Rodgers said on the McAfee show, there there is some motivation here for the Bears. There, there definitely is. So do you think that, that motivation is going to reign supreme? There's motivation for the Packers too. I mean, mm-hmm. Justin Fields, like earlier today, as as, as we're recording, um, said there's not much else to do in Green Bay other than to watch football. So their fans are passionate, and I was like, well, even if he's not wrong, <laughs> why why you take, why you taking shots at the Packers fans? Well, um, I know exactly why, dude. I I like that. I like seeing that in this league. I like seeing teams. I like seeing players. You know, talk trash. I do. I think it's good for the league. For competitive yeah, rivalries to be competitive, we we definitely need more of it. And so, like, I'm I'm liking it, and I do think this does have um, this will definitely be a very very good game. Even if it's not an extremely high scoring game, I think it'll be a very very tough, hard fought matchup between um between obviously these two NFC like. T- I was going to say legends, but, like, I mean, it's just because they've been around for so long. These NFC, <laughs> um, these historic franchises. Yes, there we go. That Definitely a lot better terminology there. Um, I do think, coach, I mean, coaching-wise, the Packers just are better, except, except for their defense. Um, 
But Jordan Love has been playing out of his mind the last few weeks. And I think that's going to, again, that's another another just quarterback being the deciding factor, similar to Jared Goff with uh, their matchup against the, the Vikings. I think Jordan Love is going to be the deciding factor in this game because the Bears' defense has come around. They're looking pretty decent. I Jordan say, Love has been I, th- I think you're underselling it. I think that Bears' defense is playing great. I mean, hey, I, I have not been watching them as, as intently as you or uh, Miller have, so... By all means, if if you guys say that they're playing out of their mind, they're playing great. I'm taking your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so listen. I mean, it, it's it's Jordan Love is that he he's the deciding factor of this mm-hmm. game. If he if he lights up that defense, there's no shot. There's no shot that the Bears are winning. But if the Bears if the Bears come out swinging early, especially on defense and on offense, the Packers are gonna be in trouble. If you were to go ahead and predict a winner, who would you pick? I'm just gonna take the, just because they're at home and because of coaching. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Packers. Listen, I think a lot of people are gonna phrase this as a quarterback versus quarterback game. A lot of people are gonna phrase this as Fields versus Jordan Love, and I get it. But I look at it and I see a defense that's playing really good football right now, and a defense that has Joe Barry calling the shots. Yeah, and oh, for yeah. for yeah. me, that's enough for me to take this Bears team that. Even though I'm not a big Fields guy, on the last episode of the podcast, I talked him up more than I have ever. Okay? Very true. And, listen, the the truth is, if you're not going to force Justin Fields to really, you know, make plays in structure, if you're going to allow him to break the pocket and play a little bit of backyard football, you are going to probably get diced up you probably are and I don't think the Packers are gonna force him to do that Justin Fields has some weaknesses that are exploitable the Packers are not going to exploit those weaknesses I think the Bears are going to win and I think they're going to win convincingly I think this is a game that should be close I would like to see it be close but I don't think it will be I think the Bears are gonna go out there and they're gonna not just beat the Packers but with this motivation that they have, they're going to go out there and kill them, murder them. I think the the Packers might score a decent amount. I think Jordan Love might. Like, he is a good quarterback. He's going to put some points on the board. But Fields and the Bears, they're going to put up even more. I think they're a motivated group. They're a motivated defense that has already been playing well. And now, you know, last game of the season, they have nothing to lose. They're going to pull out all the stops just to humiliate the team that apparently owns them. I mean, God, you almost got me convinced. <laughs> um, sound yeah, you sounds like you got them. You got them winning by at minimum two scores. Um, again, boy, Joe Barry, not gonna be shocked if that happens. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm I'm stick with the, I'm stick with the home team. All right, I'm not gonna not no wishy washy here. I'm sticking with it. Hmm. Well, now let's move over to a game where both of us are completely and utterly convinced at least i imagine unless you want to pick an upset here the cowboys <laughs> are playing against the commanders in washington are, are you going to um, go out here and pick the upset that no one else is willing to uh no no <laughs> because um the cowboys like to beat up on on weaker teams and the commanders are a weaker team yes they are a division rival and division rivals are always tougher but um 
<clears throat> the Cowboys are still a much more talented team, and the Commanders' defense is not good. So, CeeDee Lamb just went for two like 227 last week. So, what's to stop him from going for 200 yards again? Like, I mean, we'll probably Dak Prescott. Not, like not Emmanuel Forbes. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Not even close. <laughs> the the Commanders players don't even want to be there. I mean, listen to what McLaurin said after the game against San Fran. The players don't want to be there anymore. There's no reason to believe that the Commanders will be motivated to get an upset here, and there's no reason to believe that they're going to get an upset here. Any given Sunday, but no, the Commanders aren't winning this game. They packed up their bags, and they're ready to move on to the offseason, and it's been that way since week 15. Okay, they they are not ready to play anymore. They don't want to play anymore. They're just going to go to the home field and get destroyed by the Cowboys and then get ready for the offseason where every free agent is going to be working as hard as possible with their agent to get the heck out of there. And I imagine there's going to be some players currently under contract, cough, cough, Terry McLaurin, trying to force their set, trying to force their way out. Yeah, it's going to depend on I I'm fairly confident that they're going to have a new head coach um oh, no, next they're, season. They're supposed to. Apparently yeah. Ron Rivera is as good as done. Oh, okay, good. Thank God. <laughs> um so like if God forbid if they hire someone like Mike McDonald to be the new head coach for the Commanders, that that could be kind of enticing at least for some defensive free agents or players. Um but yeah, no, they're they're all so checked out. I as soon as Terry was like, yeah, I ran a lot of cardio um against uh I can't remember what game that was. I do remember. But he had it was the that. game the game where he had like two targets, zero catches, zero yards because Sam Howell was like, "Oh, I'm going to give Curtis Samuel and everyone else the ball and not the best receiver on the field." Um I I knew he was checked out and I it it hurts me as a Terry McLaurin fan. Um but yeah, like it's definitely just going to depend on who they hire as the new head coach to convince the players and to get them in like a in like a good mindset to like look forward to twenty twenty four. Um, because if not, they're they are going to continue to be um, the bottom feeders of the NFC East. Listen, they need a culture guy. They need like a Dan Campbell. All right. Yeah, and that's why I said Mike McDonald. Mike McDonald is a huge culture guy. I mean, oh my gosh, I, I can I cannot even begin to say or like explain how cohesive the Ravens' defense has been since he's been there. Yes, last year they had some faults, but like they brought in Roquan, uh, Roquan himself, great player, also a big culture guy, and that defense, the immediate shift is noticeable. Yeah, yeah. So I I completely understand that. I think if they go with someone that will really gather the locker room even if he's not an X's and O's expert. So let's say McDonald is gone, and I could absolutely see him being gone because I don't know why he would take the job with Washington. Of all teams, he should be the the most highly coveted head coaching candidate other than maybe Ben Johnson, but even then it's like neck and neck. Um, yeah, I mean, I personally would probably say Ben Johnson over Mike McDonald, but like only because Ben Johnson's done it for like one year longer. And and because you want McDonald to stay around, be honest with yourself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, no question, no question. I already, I've already like sub- subconsciously accepted that he's going to be gone after this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I 
I think un like unbiased me does still take Ben Johnson slightly just because he's done it for one extra year. Yeah, but even then, yeah. they're they're not going to get one of the top two head coaching candidates. It, it just isn't going to happen. Not Washington. Uh, they're going to have to look for a culture guy. I I hope they find someone. I I really hope they do because I'm tired of watching the Washington football team. Not even that anymore. The Washington Commanders. When they were the Redskins, it was the same way. I'm tired of watching this team just be so mediocre at best. So hopeless, it feels. Uh, it, it really just sucks watching them. I hope that that's not the case this next year. But anyway, let's move on to the Broncos. And you want to talk about a culture head coach. Antonio Pierce, what he's doing with the Raiders. The Raiders are playing for him. Okay, they are playing for him. This game is in Las Vegas. They're playing for their head coach. Do you think I mean, the they're, they're, are they want win? him? They want him to stay around for next year. I mean, he got the seal of approval from Devontae Adams like either today or earlier this week. I mean, I don't know how Mark Davis can look at all of his players be, like supporting this interim head coach and be like, "No, we have to we have to bring in some guys to hide to like you know interview and all this stuff." I'm like just get an official interview for him to be the head coach, but just don't even bother with anyone else. Just, just get the official, the, the, uh, the formality out of the way and just announce him as the head coach next year. Cause I feel like that's the only way that you're really going to satisfy that locker room and your fans as well. Cause I mean, I feel like the fans are a little bit more bought in now because of Antonio Pierce. And it's because they're expecting him to stay around. The players are more bought in. There's no doubting that. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in coordinators or something, but or at least new new additions to the coaching staff somewhere. But Pierce needs to stay on top. Okay, he absolutely does. Do we think that they're going to beat the Denver Broncos in Las Vegas to really put the final nail in the coffin to lock up Antonio Pierce with this job? No question. No question. I, I'm not – it's a division game, so I don't – I'm not going to say it's my lock of the week, but it is – I'm fairly, fairly confident that well, – Here's the thing. Every game this week is a division game. Oh, God. Oh, God. All right. You know what? Fine, fine. Then, yes, this is – it'll be – this is my lock of the week. Mm -hmm. My lock of the week my – locks, my locks of the week are going to be the Ravens and then the Raiders. Boom. Book it. <laughs> locking up that Ravens team, I don't know. The Steelers have a lot to play for, but you know what? I respect it. I, I got to respect it. Um, you got Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley, anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't sleep on your boy Mason Rudolph, all right? Uh, but, oh, yeah, the, the Raiders should win this one. Jared Stidham, uh, listen, it, the offense might fit Sean Payton's vision better with Stidham in, but they don't have the explosive aspect at all with Russell Wilson not playing. It's just that simple. The Raiders' defense is going to make you have to take the top off. They're going to make you. They're not going to let you drive down the field, short pass, short pass, run play, run play, short pass. Like They're not going to let that happen. They're going to come at your players, and they're going to try and kill them. Okay, that's how this Raiders defense plays, and you gotta love it. This is a defensive unit that wants to pick off Jared Stidham and then run the ball into the end zone. Okay, they are trying to 
embarrass their division rival. This isn't, I find it so weird saying it because this is week 18 of the regular season, but this is a set the tone game for Antonio Pierce. This is a, we're going to make sure the two times you play us next year, when we still have Antonio Pierce as the head coach, you're afraid to play us because of how this game's going to play out. Like, I could absolutely see it going that way. Zamir White or Josh Jacobs taking snaps. I don't know who. I don't really care who. I'm taking Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders to beat the Denver Broncos. 100%. Now, another AFC West matchup. The Chiefs are playing against the Chargers. We got Easton Stick against Blaine Gabbert. Who do you take in this one? Um... Let's see. Easton Stick, you know, had a really, really great game against the Raiders um, a couple weeks ago. I'm being super sarcastic, by the way. Um, that, was all, that was all just garbage time stats. Um, I think another coaching – this is just another game of coaching. And, you know, it's an Andy Reid coach team. If, if he can beat the Browns in 2020 with Chad Henney as the starter, why would he not be able to beat the – Interim head coach, whose name I don't know for the Chargers. Giff led. Smith. Giff or Jiff? That, that's the real question. <laughs> the I'm, I'm going to say the Giff Smith-led Chargers. I think Blaine Gabbard can handle himself enough with that team to, to, to get a win. Now, the Chiefs receivers are not good. Um, so I think this is going to be an Isaiah Pacheco legacy game. Be, that should be every game from this point forward. We saw it last week, and it worked really well. Really? The new Chiefs' yeah. identity as a football team should be, we're running it with Pacheco, we're a defensive football team, and we just want to possess the ball. I think that should be their new identity, and I think that's perfectly fine. Mahomes is great, but this is not the season where you rely on him. The passing game is too bad. The offense is too bad. The receivers can't catch. They can't get separation. The play calling sucks. Just run the ball up the middle with Pacheco every play and then let the defense control the game. And that's going to work even with Gabbard. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, get a, get a couple play action shots in there. And, I mean, you're you're golden pretty much. Especially against the Chargers team that, again, has Easton sticking. Right? Yeah. There's not yeah. really just, much to just, be optimistic about. Just double Khalil Mack and you're fine. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> The, the defense is going to take control. I, I think this is going to be a relatively low-scoring one, probably like a 20-13 to 13 type of score, but yeah, Chiefs should win it, and they should win it while having control of the lead the entire game. No question. No question about it. Now, Rams at 49ers. We got the great battle between Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold. How are we feeling about this game right here? Oh, Lord. Sam Darnold and God. This is, this <laughs> I, I know. Is... You thought Carson Wentz was out of the league. I just completely forgot he was on the Rams. Oh, my Lord. Um, I mean, if you want to argue who's the better QB, I mean, I kind of want to say Carson Wentz is still the better QB, but Sam Darnold is in the, is in the most QB-friendly system in the oh, NFL. Sean McVay's system like... isn't exactly hard on a quarterback. No, but I'm still going to take the 49ers. Depending, it also depends on who they bench, um, because they're probably resting starters. Yeah, they, they, uh, oh, they wait, should no. be. Yeah, they should. Um, Both teams, though. Uh, although the yeah, Rams, so, it, it's it's weird with the Rams because they they will 
get seating. There's a little bit of an echo on your end, but oh, never mind, it's gone. Uh, in terms of seating, they're, they're gonna benefit from winning this game. But Sean McVay doesn't really care that much. It's not like he's gonna win a first round bye. Uh, and most other coaches don't feel that way, but Sean McVay does. Okay, he'd rather have healthy players that are fully ready, fully ready to go, than a jump from the six seed to the five seed, right? Or yeah. the four yeah. seed to the three seed, or, or really anything. Like, but they're not going to get the four or three seed. Yeah, fifth, fifth seed or six seed. They don't. He doesn't really care. He doesn't put his starters in at all during the preseason. This is Sean McVay. Okay. Uh, so they're probably going to bench a couple more guys. I wouldn't be surprised if the Kua doesn't play, even though he's like 26 yards away from the rookie receiving record. So. Wait, how many yards? 26? Yeah, 26. Ooh, they might play him for a quarter. Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. But with that said, uh, I don't know if Sean McVay cares. Like, maybe he does. Maybe he'll ask Nakua. And that's up to Nakua about whether or not he cares. Uh, and he should care. But Puka Nakua, I don't know if you ever heard him speak, but he sounds like the most, like, nonchalant, like, ah, whatever type of guy. Which, like, more oh, yeah. power definitely, to you, man. Definitely a surfer, bro. Definitely a surfer, bro. Oh, he has to be. <laughs> he has to be. <laughs> you, you don't get the first name Puka. And not be like the chillest guy on earth. It doesn't happen. Uh, real, real. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is a game between two teams that, like, yeah, the Rams have an incentive to win, but clearly they don't care about that incentive. And the 49ers locked up the first round by. This is just a football game for the football fans. And I'm taking the 49ers just because they're at home. Uh, that and. Who do you think is going to turn the ball over more? That's a really tough call. Probably, probably Carson Wentz. Yeah. But I don't feel very confident saying that because Sam Darnold, he could also turn the ball over. So I, I'm not 100% sure. 100% good. It's, gonna, it's definitely going to be a football game. There's no doubting that. One uh, of the football games of all time. I'm taking the 49ers. You're taking the 49ers too? Uh, yes, sir, I am. Okay, so now let's move on to Eagles at Giants. The Eagles need to bounce back. They absolutely do. They need this bounce back badly. But they also needed a bounce back last week and the week before that and the week before that. And now it's just at a point where maybe this is just who they are. You know, maybe they are just legitimately not a very good football team. And yeah. part of that is talent, but it's mainly coaching. Do you think yeah, that the Giants is. are going to end their regular season the right way and just, you know, knock them down a peg right before playoffs? As much as I think it would be hilarious if they do, I, I, I just don't see it happening. Um, I mean, Tyrod's going to play. And Tyrod, obviously, you know what his floor is and you know what his ceiling is. So the Giants will be a very... Uh, what's the word like patient kind of team because like the, yeah I don't, yeah week 18 of the regular guys. season we're describing teams as patient <laughs> what what yeah, exactly just, does like, that tell you <laughs> yeah like because he doesn't turn the ball over that much but he doesn't take any risks either so he's just a very patient and like safe guy um 
I don't want to say conservative. He just he's just as safe. Um, but the Eagles' defense, at least their secondary, is just not good, and they have just been slumping a lot. So it wouldn't shock me if they get upset, but I think in terms of talent, the Eagles are still much more talented. So I'm I'm gonna take them to win. It's just not gonna be uh definitive. This right here is my upset of the week. I'm taking the Giants. Ooh. We saw it. Oh. We saw it on Christmas, man. We saw it. The Giants went into Philly and almost beat them. Now the Eagles have seemingly only got worse after losing to the Arizona Cardinals. The Giants are better now because they actually know who their starting quarterback is going to be. They're not going to be making a change mid-game. I'm taking the Giants. It's in New York. I I feel comfortable saying it. We have even more film on this predictable Eagles offense. it's, It's a terrible unit. The defense isn't good either. I mean... It's the offense really should be whatever the offense makes a big play. It is entirely because of the talent. It is entirely because of the talent. The scheme is awful. The scheme is literally horrendous. They can't get a running game going, even with the offensive line having a lot of great players because they only run out of shotgun and they only run two different run concepts inside zone and duo for some reason. I don't know why that's all they run, but for some reason that is. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. And then defensively, the secondary, like you said, it's awful. It's pitiful. Probably the worst in the league. And Washington is in the league. So that's saying a lot. They've been playing terrible football in that defensive secondary. The Giants and Darius Slayton are going to take advantage of that. I can't believe I'm saying that. But I I do feel comfortable saying that, believe it or not. Darius Slayton and Wandale Robinson are going to have a big game. Good lord. I, I'm struggling to say that with a straight face, but I, I think that will legitimately be what happens here. I, I think that will. I think the Giants are going to win this game. They're going to end the season on the right note and try and get a little bit of momentum going before getting into the offseason. Before the playoffs, the Eagles are going to lose one last game right after losing to the Cardinals last week. It's going I mean, to be a bad, bad season for Eagles fans. Because if this is what I'm saying about the Giants game, imagine what I'm going to be saying about, what are they, the five seed? Yeah, yeah. Right now they're the five seed. Imagine what I'm going to be saying about them in their game against, I don't know, the Buccaneers. <laughs> uh, Ooh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, yeah, but I. the funny thing is, even if it's like the Falcons – that get in, I don't know how comfortable I feel saying that the Eagles are going to beat them. <laughs> You're just that they, unconfident? They, they are so bad. They are actually playing awful football week after week after week. They have won a lot of games that they shouldn't have won. They have. They've been playing just good enough to win far too often, and now it's catching up with them. I mean, the, the Cardinals mm-hmm. just ran counter like 30 times, and it worked every single time. They got 10 yards every time they ran it, whether it was Michael Carter or James Conner. Now imagine if, I don't know, we got B. John Robinson running that behind Caleb McGray or Chris Lindstrom. Now what? It, it just yeah. isn't going to work. Yeah. 
it, it isn't going to work. The, the Eagles cannot keep playing just good enough to win because now they're not winning. And I think this game is going to be another moment of realization right after last week was a moment of realization. It gets to a point where it's just who you are. Okay? This isn't just, oh, yeah, occasionally they play too poorly. This is a week-after-week thing. Yeah, their, their Super Bowl hangover is honestly more depressing than anything else because it's like they didn't – it wasn't even like a – like an insanely massive fall off. It was just like a, it was just like a constant slight decline. And it's really sad because it seems so manageable and fixable. And yet they're just not doing it. Well, it's, they did lose a lot of talent, a lot of coaches since the Super Bowl. Uh, but they also did a very bad job replacing those guys. Yeah. And, and that's why yeah, they I mean, are where they are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they just did a little bit better of a job, or if they just, you know, I mean, if, if they managed to keep Shane Steichen, which I don't know how they would have because, you know, it's a head coaching gig, Um, I feel like a lot of their problems would have been fixed. But, yeah, just the lack of replacement is definitely what's just what has just killed them. 100%. Now, let's move over to the Seahawks at Arizona. Arizona just upset the Eagles last week, as I mentioned. Now they have an opportunity to upset the Seahawks. Do you expect that to happen here? The game is in Arizona. Do you think it'll happen? Yes. So um, we're on the we're on the same page here because I feel the same way. Okay. Okay. Um, I think the team is starting to buy the their. I know. I mean, against the final game of the season. So I mean, are they? Is there really anything to buy into? No. But Gannon, I think, has solidified himself as a relatively solid ball knower <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in comparison to what people thought he was going to be because he kind of came across as like a weird, awkward dork. Yeah, but uh, he has been one of the best culture guys in the league this year. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And um, so, and he, he is fully riding behind Kyler Murray, and I think, you know, Kyler is feeding off of that where he's like, all right, my coach has confidence in me. I know what I can do, so let's just go out and, you know, play good football. And again, culture-wise, yeah, like they're all feeding off of it. So, what better way to cap the season off, um, for Kyler's sake and also for Gannon's sake, to cap it off with a win against a division opponent who does still have Kyler here. Once yeah, there, and they will definitely be motivated to to do that, especially after playing spoiler last week. Like, what better what better way to you know, like maximize off that momentum than beating the team that was in the Super Bowl last year. Jonathan Gannon is saying, if I don't make playoffs, no one can. That, that is yeah. what he's you trying what? to do. And yeah. you know, more and power you know, to him. More power to him, and he, I, I think he'll do it. Yeah, I, I'm expecting that too. Listen, the Seahawks defense isn't good. The offense can make plays, but the defense isn't good. I could see this being a really fun shootout. I expect this, even if the Cardinals lose, I think it will be a really fun game. I'm taking Arizona, like I said. I think Kyler Murray's going to have a big day. Geno will have his fair share of plays. But this really comes down to which defense do I have more confidence in. And the crazy thing is that I'm saying Arizona. I really am. I really am. That that Seahawks defense is very bad. Even though they have, quote-unquote, Pro Bowl linebacker Bobby Wagner. Uh, quote-unquote. Yeah, I... I 
should he be in the Pro Bowl? Definitely not. But hey, he's in it, so whatever. What do I know? Maybe he is great. Maybe they're going to win because he's going to rack up a solid 15 tackles and three sacks. I don't know. But I don't see that happening. I think Kyler Murray is going to have a great day. I think Geno is going to try and punch back. But ultimately, Arizona is going to win because they have surprisingly a more well-rounded attack than the Seahawks do, which is crazy. But that's legitimately the circumstance that we're in. Yeah, pretty much. And a very fun shootout. It definitely could be. I mean, the Eagle, the Eagles game and the, and the Cardinals game last week was was a relatively fun, high scoring game. So no no reason to believe it wouldn't be the same this week. Mm-hmm. So now let's move over to the last game, one that's gonna be really close. I'm super glad they're excited. They're saving this for the last game of the week. We have the Bills at Dolphins, primetime football, fighting for the division, right? If the Bills lose this, by the way, they can get knocked out completely. Yes, or if the Ra- if the Ravens just, you know, throw their game against the Steelers, um, the Bills don't make it. Like, I think bar none, they don't make it. No, the no, the Bills can win the division with this game. Oh, duh. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you're good. You're good. But yeah, they can't make it as they can't make it as a wild card team in that situation. Yeah. 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 Let me just completely ignore the fact that the game's for the division. Um, <laughs> I the Dolphins struggle against winning teams, but the Bills aren't really like a winning winning team. Um, this game is going to be, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's such a perfect way to end the the regular season because there no other game has this much riding on it as this one does. Um I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Josh Allen and the Bills to win. Um but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's gonna be like a you know convincing like yeah James Cook and Stefan Digg and Josh Allen are gonna go out and just beat the brakes off the Dolphins. I think it's going to be um it's gonna come down to one play and it's gonna depend on if Tua has a turnover or if Josh Allen has a turnover, and that's going to be the deciding factor. So you mentioned that you think Miami is better than people give them credit for. You think that despite the entire, you know, struggling against teams over 500 type of thing, you still have a lot of confidence in them. I I don't feel that way. I think the Cowboys game did show me something, but that offense, it's a flawed attack. It is. They're really good at some things, but they have legitimate flaws. That O-line is not great, and the run game is illegitimate. They do great against poor defenses, but when they're playing against good defenses, they can't run the ball. And they lose a lot of their offensive attack when they can't run the ball. Like I said, the offensive line is a lot worse. The offensive line is a lot worse than people act like it is. And, you know, those flaws make it really hard for me to pick them against a Buffalo Bills team that I think is really good really hot right now i'm taking them i feel really confident in them and i'm gonna be really pissed if they miss the playoffs <laughs> um so i've I, I mean i was at the game on new year's um the 56 burger um and akine or is it i don't even i don't remember how to pronounce his last name um he broke up some pretty solid runs oh against A-chain. us like early in the first quarter a chain yeah yeah 
Um, he broke out some pretty solid runs in the first quarter against against a very good defense in the Ravens. Um, but then all the Ravens really did was clog the middle of the field, and that kind of screwed with Tua, and also, I mean, getting pressure, obviously. Um, so, I mean, the Bills' defensive game plan is relatively simple because, like you said, their offense is kind of um, – it has its strengths but also has its weaknesses. The one weakness is if you clog the middle of the field, like, there's – there's not much Tua's really going to be able to do because, like, he's not asked to do as much as some other quarterbacks are. Um, and I, I wouldn't again, even say it's that. Just, he just has to do really different stuff. Yeah, like, and even then, against against the Ravens, early in the game, he was slicing them up, up the middle, like, tight window throws. But then, as soon as the defense adjusted, Roquan just one-handed interception because they just were running the same plays. It's like... You got to have a little bit of variety there. And I don't know if maybe they just don't think Tua can do that. I mean, it seems like he's a pretty smart guy. Um, but, yeah, it just seems like their offense can't really – if, if it can't function to a certain – in, like, a certain way, it's going to fall off. Yeah. I, like I it's very, agree. like, to the point they, where it's, they like – They attack the middle too much. Yes. Uh, I, I do think the reason that that pick happened, though, it was more of McDonald – beautiful job discovering the coverage and then Roquan just made a play uh I, I thought that that was a great play by Roquan and, and the defense there I now Tua still should have seen it but I think that was more of him being fooled than him you know being too repetitive uh but yes you are right I think they are a little bit one-dimensional in terms of how they attack you I also think with Bradley Chubb out the defense might get exposed a little bit more than they're used to I'm taking the Bills, and I feel really confident doing it. Yeah, I mean, that more more power to you. I mean, I'm still I'm also taking the Bills, just not as confident. I mean, also again, Josh Allen has been a turnover machine this year. I mean, he's also been putting up a lot of touchdowns. Don't get me wrong. It's just you know, it's the, I don't know. I'm like trying to convince myself it's going to be a closer game than it than it might turn out to be. Just because I know the Dolphins are a talented team, but the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm kind of like, the Bills could win by like 10 points. And I like, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a similar outcome to the Eagles' primetime game. When, when the Eagles were still a good football team to the Eagles' yeah. uh, primetime game against the Dolphins. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see an outcome like that where the Bills are in steady control the entire way through and they just run up the score. Yeah, I mean, also, yeah, I feel like yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm kind of just convinced myself more and more the more I think about it. Like, they could definitely win by like ten to ten to seventeen points, um, if they just kind of stay consistent. Um, yeah, yeah. Bills. I'm, I'm. You know what? I'm more convinced now. We're, we're gonna go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Bills should win this one. They should win it handedly, really. Especially with the extra motivation they have. It's in Miami, which might be the only thing that makes you a little bit worried. That and, like you said, the Josh Allen turnovers are, are a very real thing. But now with Dorsey calling the plays, it hasn't been as worrisome, I I think. Or, sorry, now with Dorsey gone, it hasn't been as worrisome. I'm taking the bills there. Anyway, that's all we have yeah. for this episode of the Goal Line Podcast. I hope all of you enjoyed. If you want more of my content, check out at no huddle NFL, no capitals and no spaces on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. That is, again, at no huddle NFL, no capitals and no spaces. Also available on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at no huddle NFL with an underscore at the end. That's the same thing, no huddle NFL, no capitals and no spaces. And 
if you enjoy also check out my co-host rob plug your stuff uh yeah so tiktok is rob talks football rob underscore talks underscore football and then on twitter um it is at breakfast carrot it's just one word it's a nice little inside joke with me and the boys um but yeah, you know, um, once playoffs come around, I'm gonna be trying to tweet a lot more because there'll be less games to tw- to talk about because they're all playoff teams. So you know, exciting. I'm super excited to get into that on the show. And if you're excited for us to talk about playoff football, check out the episode coming out on Tuesday. I can't wait to publish that. I can't wait to talk about playoff ball with you guys. And a new YouTube video should be getting posted within the next three days or so. So definitely check that out. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you all again next time.